Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Shelby Rose, and I am an energetic and business guide helping you align, activate, and expand your energy to create the life and business you're wildly obsessed with. I believe that every single one of us has a path that lights us up, makes us excited to get up every single day, and brings massive service and impact to the world. In this podcast, we'll tune into our soul's true desires, take ownership for every single thing in our lives, and shift our vibration to embody the queen we came here to be. You deserve this. You get to have it. Let's go create it. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am your host, Shelby Rose. Before we dive into this conversation, and let me just tell you guys, I loved the message Poppy brought to us all on this podcast episode. It brought so much awareness for me on topics that I don't really know how to navigate yet, right? And she gives us so many tools and tips and resources and how to really understand how cultural appropriation is showing up within the spiritual community. So definitely tune into this episode. But before we dive in, I wanted to let you guys know that, holy crap, it's Thanksgiving week. I'm actually recording this like one minute before I drop the episode. Um, And I have a few announcements for you guys. One, there are going to be some Black Friday specials that I have not announced that will be coming via my newsletter this week. So there's some specials coming. There's some programs that I haven't had available in a really long time that are going to drop at a huge discounted rate. And also there's one Black Friday special that I am going to send out in my newsletter. So I'm going to tell you guys about it here. If you have been feeling called to the portal, which is my membership membership that is all about reactivating, reclaiming your divine power. I have a special offer for those of you who want to join for a whole year. You're going to get a year's access to trainings, meditations, healings, all of my practices, all of the content that's already in the container for 3.30 for you guys this is not going to last long. Monday through Monday. So today, Monday through Monday the 29th, this is going to be available. The normal price for a year membership is $444. So you're going to get $111 off. There's no special on the month to month access, but if you want to get this at the 333 rate, you can get to the, go to the link in my bio or you can go to www.shelbyrose.com forward slash the portal and use discount code Black Friday. Okay. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and I hope you have an absolutely incredible day. Well, Pavithra, thank you so much for being here and joining us on the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you and share this topic that I've been really craving to get to know a little bit more about and also get to know you a little bit more. I follow you over on Instagram and have caught a few of your podcast episodes. So before we dive into the conversation we're going to have today, would you mind sharing with the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do in the world? 
Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Shelby. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I actually discovered it a few months ago and binged like a bunch of episodes. So I was so excited when you asked me to be on. Um, so yeah, my name is Pavitra and um, I go by Pavi. Um, and I am actually a first generation Indian in America. Uh, I came to the U.S. when I was five with my family and um we have like kind of settled in the like Washington DC area ever since. Um, uh, professionally, I actually used to like co-own a construction company with my brother up until a couple of years ago. And then I decided to go back to school for nursing. It was kind of a spur of the moment decision. So, um, I did that for a few years. And then in 2020, I, had just started a new nursing job and it kind of fell apart like pretty quickly after I started. And so I spent a lot of 2020 kind of soul searching along with a lot of mm. other people. Um, and it led me to becoming an entrepreneur. Actually, it wasn't always the, like it was, that wasn't the intuitive hit that came through. It was actually to start a podcast and a blog, but somewhere along the way, I just started the business as well. And so um, so now I am a holistic healer. I am a human design practitioner, also a spiritual mentor. I work with the Akashic records and just my own intuition. And, um, I actually just recently started calling myself the clueless psychic, um, because I really just want to normalize the fact that we're all intuitive beings and we're all tapped into source, but I think that a lot of us aren't consciously aware of how we're tapped into source. Mm. And so it can bring up a lot of self-doubt and imposter syndrome and all of these things for people who think like, oh, I'm not doing it like this person on Instagram is doing it and all of those things. And so um, I was kind of joking about like being a clueless psychic because like I have a lot of these gifts that I don't even know I'm doing. And so um, I feel like a lot of people are able to relate to that. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. I love that so much. I literally just had this conversation the other day with someone. I was like, I didn't realize that what I was doing in my coaching sessions, like when I would, you know, first started off as a life coach, it's like, I would get on these sessions and I would know things and I didn't realize I was saying them. Mm -hmm. And it was exactly what they were going through or moving through or whatever it was. It was like, when we're just present and connected. Mm -hmm we all have that ability. We all have that capability, but we tend to put these people on pedestals who are psychics and mediums and healers. When the reality is we are all on some level, intuitive, psychic tapped in healers mm -hmm. with our own gifts to bring forward. So I love that you mentioned that and, and that we're all human and going through the experiences. Cause I know for me, at least sometimes I see these great healers and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you must never have like a hard day or a bad day. And that's something we talked about briefly before we got on the podcast episode is that like today I'm having a hard day. I'm experiencing these emotions and the fact that, you know, it's just a part of the journey. We're all human and normal. And yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. love that. Yeah. So what led you to, cause I know you do work with the Akashic records and all that. So what, what drew you to that type of healing or the type of work that you do? And I know there's probably other things that you bring into your healing. What brought you to that place? So I feel like for me, it was a very natural sort of journey. Like when I look back, um, especially over like the entrepreneurial journey for me, I would say that I found some things to just come more naturally to me than others. And that's like what I've kind of really begun to, um, kind of 
uh, use more of rather than the things that I feel like, oh, I should do because um, I had started out kind of doing Reiki. And then the more I've gotten into it, I mean, I feel like I'm naturally a healer, but at the same time, I'm, I'm also examining my own, um, you know, relationship with like cultural appropriation and using mm. modalities. And so, um, the Akashic records actually kind of came to me in a very natural way. It was something where I had had readings with people and, um, I had reached out to someone who I had had a reading with, and I had just said, you know, how did you get trained in this? Like, what did you do? And, she just said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to send you the prayer that I use to open the records. And honestly, I feel like you don't even need to, mm. to be trained in it. And so I, I was like, okay, let, I'll try it. You know, I'll use it for myself and all of these things. And, and then she had told me that there would come a point where I would feel called to offer it to, to other people. And so through my own journey with the Akashic records, I did have that, that point where it was like, Oh, I do want to use it for other people. And so mm-hmm. I had started out kind of just with friends and being like, Oh, can I just tap into your records and, and see what comes through? Because I think I, I personally do have that same issue of like, what's like coming from this modality and what is just coming from my own intuition. Cause I do have a very strong intuition and I do feel like I get a lot of messages and things just clairaudient, you know, claircognizant, mm-hmm. all of these things, but I kind of had to distinguish, okay, this is coming from the records and this is coming from just my own intuition. So, um, I did have a very natural sort of, um, journey with the records and same with cool. human design. I kind of just came to it and felt drawn to it. And so, um, I'm not sure. I think you, you are aware of like, I think you use human design in your own work. Um, yeah, I use it. for like my clients that I do business with, I find it so helpful just to understand, like I was on a call with, um, I have a new program that like started last night and I was on on the call and one of the girls was a generator and the other two girls were manifesting generators. And I was like, totally different advice for whether you're that manifesting generator, generator projector. So I have like that basic understanding. I'm not an expert in human design at by any means, but it's just nice to understand the people's energy types coming in because especially in business, we operate so differently. Yeah, exactly. And for me, like, um, so I, I, so I'm a line, I have like a line two profile in human design. Um, if you kind of know the profile, so like I'm a two, four. And so one of the things is about like having these natural gifts that you, you Mm -hmm. can just kind of tap into and things like that, but you don't always like know that you're doing it or that you have these gifts until someone maybe like tells you or kind of reflects it back to you. So I've kind of had to really work with that in my own journey of kind of like accepting that I have these gifts and that I don't need to like continuously be getting certifications and like looking for all the like teachers and all the things. Cause you know, it's really about just trusting that like you're drawn to certain modalities or certain type of work. Right. So Mm. that's, that's a lot of like, I think the mindset and like limiting belief work that I've had to do since I've started my entrepreneurial journey. So that, I think that comes up a lot for a lot of people, even I just keep going back to this call I had last night, but I was like, you know, one of the girls has all these certifications and she hasn't done anything with them. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us get stuck in that student place where we want to keep learning, 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 learning. But at some point in time, it's like, okay, we have to show up and use those gifts and be of service. Like as we were intended to in this world. 
as well. Like I get it. I love to learn too. It's, it's interesting. I'm like, Oh, give me all the information. And sometimes it's just time to show up and be of service. So I love that you're kind of trailblazing with that. You're, you're just going for it and taking those steps and initiating this path and figuring out what you're interested in, what works for you. So both Akashic Records and Human Design, it sounds like are kind of what you bring into your sessions. Yeah. So it's a lot of like the Akashic Records, um, Human Design, and then my own intuition is kind of, cool. I think the way that I'm going, I'm, I'm kind of learning to distinguish between what is like the work I'm doing and then what is just the modalities that I'm using. So I think yeah. that's kind of the journey I'm on right now. So amazing. Amazing. I always like to hear what other people are doing. Cause I think with the healing, like, industry, I don't know what to call it, the healing industry. There's so many different ways that people work. And it's really just cool to see different people's energy types and how they bring that their own intuition and gifts and into the healing session. So it's, it's just interesting to hear. You had mentioned something about cultural appropriation when it comes to, I, I think you kind of like tail ended it while you were talking about Reiki. And this is something that I think is a new topic for maybe some of the listeners who aren't aware that some of these spiritual practices were actually taking them from cultures that we don't even realize we're doing it because it's becoming so mainstream. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious for you when we dive into this conversation. And what I want to say is that it's normal for this to be a little bit of an uncomfortable conversation because sometimes we have to look at our own shadows and our own blind spots. Right. And so I know for myself, the first time a friend told me, she said, did you know sage is a Native American practice and that like you're saging everything. You don't even know what it means. And I sat with that. It was so uncomfortable to hear for the first time where I was like, I didn't, I had no idea. Right. Because they've become mainstream. And so how do we start to bring awareness to maybe some of these tools, practices, modalities that we're using and where do we, where do we draw boundaries? Do, do you have any insight on that? Yeah. I mean, I, and I can totally understand that viewpoint of like, I think there's so much, like so much in this spiritual community that has become mainstream that we don't even maybe tie back to some of these roots. Like the one that I can think of is like yoga and the fact that like yoga sort of, I guess, like the physical practice of yoga has become so mainstream and kind of for lack of a better word, whitewashed, right. In terms of the fact that it's like all just like go buy like the newest yoga pants and then like nicest yoga (laughs) pad and, you know, all of these things when really the practice of yoga is steeped in Hindu philosophy. And it's more about like the Hindu, um, religion or spiritual teachings. Um, and the physical practice of it is just one part of it. I'm, I'm not, a yogi by any means. I don't practice and all of that, but I know that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of people out there who are talking about this, about the cultural appropriation in yoga. And, and even, I mean, I guess any of these things, even, um, indigenous practices when it comes to like shamanic, um, teachings, things like that. I think there's a lot of stuff out there that we tend to think is just mainstream and that we don't really like want to dig deeper to see, okay, where did this come from? And, you know, a lot of things that I see, um, the one that always comes to mind for me, um, is Kundalini practice. You know, you see a lot of like people who just say, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm teaching Kundalini and it's like, okay, but where did you learn that? Like what, you know, because 
as, as an Indian, it's like, it, it wasn't something that was ever really taught to me. It's not like a part of like our upbringing and stuff, but to see all these people talking about these things, it's like, where did you learn like these practices, you know, same with like, you're talking about the sage where it's like, you know, if like, unless you dig deeper to really find out about it, you're kind of just taking it at face value as, oh, okay. Sage is something that's used everywhere. It's just the thing that we do and we yeah. don't question it. And, um, so I would say that anytime, like you're kind of getting into any of these things that you kind of know, I mean, at some level, you know, they're, they're steeped in someone else's culture, right? Like, I mean, mm. even something like yoga, you know, it, it originates from India and, you know, shamanic practices come from these indigenous, um, communities. It's like, I, I think that it's, it's really about being in right relationship. Like, I don't think there's anything where people are saying, I don't want you to use anything that comes from another culture. It's just being in right relationship with it, where it's, you know, it's like, have you learned about it? Have you really done the research or, you know, really looked into where it comes from? So, and it's almost like an honoring of, I, I, I just think as white people, we can take things and just think they're ours, right? Like, Right. Everything we deserve everything. We like we get everything, right? Like we're we're privileged and we've never had to think about these yeah. things, right? We've never had to think about like we just assume that everything is ours because that's how we're brought up to see the world. Right. And I think it's also because the spiritual community kind of makes everything seem like it's all fair game, right? Like everything now just feels like okay, you can take a quick weekend course and Reiki and all of a sudden you're a Reiki master and it's like, but have you even learned about like the Japanese culture? Have you learned about like the shamanic traditions? Like, you know, any of those things. And, and this is speaking from experience. Cause I, like I took Reiki and like a self-paced course online and all of a sudden I'm a Reiki master. And that's why when I really stopped to think about it, I was like, okay, but am I really in right relationship with this healing modality? Like, mm. you know, and I, and that's why I just, I recently was like, okay, I'm going to stop offering it. Cause I don't want to make money off of something that is like coming from another culture that I have not taken the time to really honor. And I think that that's kind of maybe the disconnect that happens is that it's one thing to say, okay, I'm drawn to a certain, you know, healing practice or a certain modality. I mean, you can be drawn to Kundalini and shamanic traditions, all of these things, but it's about really taking the time to, you know, learn about where it comes from and maybe really seek out teachers who are still part of that culture. You know, I think a lot of what we see is like white people learning from white people. And it's just kind of like, just continually gets mm. sort of, you know, passed down as like, oh, okay, well, I learned from this girl who learned from, you know, and, yeah. and I think that's where the problem kind of perpetuates is like, you're not having people who want to actually learn from someone of that, that culture and say, okay, even if it takes me a year, even if it takes me like my whole life, like I know shamanic practices, you know, when people want to train to be medicine women and medicine men, it's like, they're not, that's not just like a, you know, a, a month long course that is like a lifelong you know, yeah. um, practice that, that they are committing to. And I think that, you know, and I think this is also something in the West that we are all guilty of is like, we want that quick. I want to be able to do it today and I want to be able to charge people for it. And I want to be, you know, it's like, we don't want to to think that 
it could take our entire life to be that expert at something. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, this is, this is great. And I'm just like, kind of like reflecting back on it and thinking about how that instant gratification probably has created this cycle and how much of us are uncomfortable with the sitting with and the honoring, okay, where is this coming from? Let me dig a little deeper. Let me understand what the practices that I'm using. Let me understand if this is really in alignment for me. Yeah. I mean, I think it can be even as small as like, if you are going to be using these practices, it could just be something as little as maybe before you start that class or, you know, start the workshop, whatever you're doing with your clients that maybe you just take a minute to honor the lands, the people, like where that came from. I mean, it can be as small as that. Like, you know, um, like a while ago I had found a girl who was offering like Kundalini something like business coaching or something. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of interesting. And, And after I think like my intuition, like all of a sudden kicked in and was like, wait, this is like, this is so wrong. You know, only because it's like when I looked back at like her Instagram or, you know, wherever her website, it was like, there was not even one mention of like where this practice had originated from, like where she had learned it from, you know, or anything. And to me, like that really was like, I think that is almost like the moment where it like shook me. And I kind of woke up and was like, wow, like this is happening across like so many yeah like the entire community right because it's like it's not that i'm saying okay you can't use this because it's coming from india or you know it's coming from like hindu philosophy or anything it's just the fact that it's like if you can't honor like where it came from it's like we don't even know where it came from i think that's 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 the wrong relation or that's like you're saying being in right relationship it's the fact that we don't even know and we're drawn to these things which is beautiful right like there's some beautiful practices out there there that have been so serving, but if you don't even know the, like who to honor and who to show gratitude for, or like as simple as for me, not even knowing where Sage came from and not even knowing that it was a simple shift of like, I buy Sage from native American cultures now. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a simple little shift. Right. Of, and I can honor where it came from and it can give back to the communities that it came from. But if I don't know where it came from and I don't know anything about it, yeah, then there's a disconnect between what we're doing and yeah. yeah. I, think it, I think it really like for me is, I, I think it's almost like people don't want to see where it comes from. Like, like, cause I see a lot of kind of this like extraction in the spiritual community of people who take like just whatever modalities works for them. And like, because we're all, you know, as entrepreneurs, I mean, it's like, you're always trying to like find the newest thing, right? You want to be the one who discovered the newest thing, because that is what people will be like, Oh, I want to go work with her because she's doing something that no one else has done. And so you see people who are doing things like Kundalini Reiki or using like, um, you know, shamanic practices, like in whatever way they, they want to. And it's, it's when you see things like that, where it's like, okay, where did you find these two things and put them together that were never meant to be together? Aren't even of the same 
you know, um, tradition, mm-hmm. the same culture. It's like, that's where it, it kind of, you know, when you talked about like the privilege, it's like, I think that's where it comes from is like, okay, you're all of a sudden thinking that you can just like put these things together and no one's going to notice and no one cares. And, you know, but there are a lot of, you know, like, I guess, I guess in the being part of like the BIPOC community and, and really talking to other BIPOC people and seeing how, you know, I've been doing a lot of like ancestral kind of work and connecting back with my ancestors and things like that. And there's a lot of this kind of feeling of like taking back what's ours, you know, and there's a lot of this feeling of like, okay, you know, and do it for yourself. Like, I mean, at least that's the way my ancestors like came in was more about like, do it for yourself and not because you're, you know, in whatever, because of rage or any of the like revenge, any of those things, it's like about doing it for yourself. Because a lot of what I have, um, like my own experience has been where I kind of tend to think like, oh, I'm less than like, oh, I don't know as much about my own culture or like, you know, oh, okay, I'm, I'm a bad Hindu because I don't know enough about this. But really at the same time, it's like, okay, but I don't want to just go into something because like someone else is doing it. And I feel like I need to like also keep up, you know, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of like, especially I, I put out a post a while ago um, about like the words that you, that people use, right. Like um, especially like Sanskrit sort of Hindu words that people use instead of just like the American version, like instead of saying affirmations, you would say mantra, or instead of just saying like the consequences, you would say karma. And it's like, it's, it's those little things where it's like, every time that happens, it takes a little bit away from the culture and like what it means to us. Cause now all of those things, like they just don't have the same weight and the same meaning, like in our own culture. Right. Yeah, that's so interesting to to think about because we I I really don't think I think there's so many examples of this where we don't even realize the original like even the word mantra I, as you said that I was like I had no idea that came from Hindu right. culture mm-hmm. right and so I think that that's a beautiful example of like there are and and that can feel overwhelming so for the listeners it's it's take one it's not like you have to mm-hmm. go beat yourself up for everything you've done this is not the intention of this conversation it's to bring this awareness of where are you not not intentionally but with you know without being conscious of it actually taking some of the power away from these cultures and these communities who have been suppressed for a really long time or who have we've robbed power for generations and generations and generations, whether we're conscious of it or not. And where can we start to uplift and support where we haven't maybe been paying attention, right? I don't think, I would say for none of the listeners of this podcast, it would would be intentional. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's people in this community that it would ever be intentional, Mm -hmm. but sometimes by not knowing and wanting to stay in the dark and wanting to bypass, right? That spiritual bypassing, everything is love and light, everything's great. We actually are still taking power away from those that we don't even realize we're taking the power away. Yeah. And it's these little tiny things, you know, I had a friend three or four years ago who was hosting a retreat and she was like, do you think it's important for me to have the X in women, right? And this is, this is for transgender mm-hmm. women. And I was like, At the time, I was like, no, I don't know. I don't understand why that would be important, right? I didn't understand the power of a word, of a letter to the people who are seeing and hearing it. And so when you're speaking to people, are you speaking to all cultures? Are you honoring all types of people? Are you honoring all 
And that's more <laughs> I, because I was in the LGBT or I am in the LGBTQ community. I understand that stuff more and the power and the impact because I've had conversations with people from the community. But if we're not even opening ourselves up to the conversation and the dialogue, we're not even opening our own, you know, awareness to where did these things come from? We can't, we can't get there. We can't give the power back to the people who also deserve the power. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and you made a good point about the bypassing. Cause that happens so much in, I mean, spiritual bypassing is itself like a huge thing that people talk about. And it's not just about the like love and light and all that, because it's really about if you are triggered, are you examining that trigger? Uh-huh. Oh, I will say when, and, and <laughs> the way the, the staging was brought up to me when it was first brought up was kind of like in a shaming way of like, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be using that. Like you're terrible, kind of like that. And so I was so triggered, I, but at the same time, I was really grateful for the conversation because I had no idea. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so one, you can be triggered and there is a, a, a way that the conversations can be had that don't need to be shaming. I don't think shame is ever a useful emotion, but sometimes it's just how the universe has to bring it to your attention because we want to shove it down a a dark corner because we don't want to ever think that we could possibly be doing something that's hurting another human being or taking that power away. So it is, it's it's uncomfortable. These Mm -hmm. things are uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's, and it's also that I think when you're triggered, like that, that whole white fragility thing comes up a lot, you <laughs> yeah. know, especially like <laughs> BIPOC lens. It's like, you know, I've seen it a lot where when, when you actually point it out and, and not in a shaming way, but if, you know, like even just posts I've done or, you know, conversations I've had where it's just like, yeah. oh, but did you know, or like, did you realize, you know, it's like, I've seen that white fragility kick in mm. and there's always that moment where BIPOC people are like, but I don't want to have to like, coddle you because you're all of a sudden triggered by yeah this truth you know so I think I think there's like work to be done on both sides because yeah obviously as BIPOC people you know I, I have a lot of conversations where people are like I want to talk about these things I want to bring it to people's attention but also I don't want to play the role of the educator of like holding mm-hmm. your hand through it because a lot of what happens on our side is like if we start talking about these things a lot more. You get a lot of white people who will just show up and be like, well, okay, can you tell me why this is wrong? Or can you just tell me about this? Yeah. And it's like, no, I need you to go and do the research for yourself. Mm. A, because I don't know all the information about everything. Like even, like I said, even about my own religion or culture, like I don't have all the answers for all the things, but also because there's power in you doing your own research and saying, oh, okay, well, I don't, you know, I, I wasn't in wrong relationship. It's just that maybe I need to like, like change the, the way I'm looking at it, Mm -hmm. or it could be, yeah, I was doing a lot of things wrong and I need to change a lot of my behaviors, you know? So it's about you really taking responsibility for your own education because like just showing up in someone's DM and asking them to like educate you on a whole religion or culture. So you can feel better about yourself. (laughs) and that's when I'm like I'm just gonna like set the boundary where it's like I'm not having anyone show up in my dms asking me anything but you know so yeah so I think there there is work to be done on both sides when it comes to this you know yeah I think that that's a really powerful point you made and it's like we're it's almost like we want to know the information and the resources but we also are doing it in a way that's 
crossing boundaries that right yeah yeah and it's also yeah. because it's like brown you know brown and black indigenous people already feel like we are doing a lot of the work right we are out yeah. here doing a lot of the work already and then it's like to have it's like adding to the burden yeah like exactly. you already have like you already have all this work that we've put on you over the generations and now you mm. also want to sit in for right like, it's like oh you want me also, to like, yeah, yeah you're like <laughs> Yeah. It's like, oh, now I have to like coddle you because you were triggered by, you know, like, and, and I think that that's where a lot of, of BIPOC people just kind of feel like, yeah, it's good. Like you got triggered by something. Cause I'm triggered by something all the time. Like it can really put us into that. Like, that's why I use the word rage because I think there are a lot of people who are in that rage of like, you know, oh, I hate white people, all these things. And it's like, no, like, that's not like the relationship we need to be in with white people either, because we all, I mean, at least the way I see it, it's like, we are all going forward into whatever the new paradigm, new earth, whatever you want to call it. It's like, we're all going into it, but yes, it is time to call in the people. Cause we all, I mean, I don't like, I don't know. There's been like debates about like, are we using the word decolonial, you know, decolonialization and all that. But it's like, if you are decolonizing, we all need to do that work. Right. Because just as much as my ancestors have gone through the violence and been through it, it's like white people's ancestors have obviously caused it. And, you know, so I think that the the conversation needs to include both sides. It can't just be, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, we're learning from them. And then like, Yeah. So I think all of these conversations are really important going forward because I don't think that we can go into a new paradigm, just kind of doing the the same things that we've always been doing. Yeah. Yeah. We have to bring the awareness up and we have to do the uncomfortable work and have the hard conversations, like have the ones that make you uncomfortable that you get to learn about someone and their perspective and how the, and I think that's the beauty of, this is why I love the podcast, but also why I just love having conversations with people is like, you get to see the world through their eyes and through their lens. And I think that's the highest expression of love is understanding Mm -hmm. how someone else sees the world and just like listening and allowing them to express that and be exactly who they are and hold space in a loving way and try to like find that place where they feel honored and heard and supported and loved. Yeah. I love that. Especially because when you talked about like how you're a part of the LGBTQ community, it's like, you know, there are so many of these like marginalized communities out there. It's not just like BIPOC or LGBTQ. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's so many that are affected by so many things. And it's like, if we're not having these hard conversations and trying to figure out like, okay, what has, what has been your experience? Cause you know, if we're only ever looking at it through our own experience, it's like, what's the point, you know? I mean, like I, to me, at least it's like, if you're not kind of being challenged and, and if you're not growing, then like, what's the point? Yes. 100%. And it's like in that discomfort, there's so much, so much growth and power and it is, it's uncomfortable. And it's like, I think a lot of us in the spiritual community have had the tendency, especially when you're new on the spiritual path, because you're like, everything is love and light. Everything is great. Yeah. But there is this tendency to avoid the discomfort and the hard stuff and the truths and the, the perspectives of others. So I'm so grateful that we're just at least bringing this to the awareness and to 
a community that I know is going to really appreciate the conversation. Um, is there anything else around? Well, let me look at, Oh, I want to ask, you know, for someone who is white, grew up in a really small white town, (laughs) not a lot of diversity. I think one thing, and this is maybe, how do we start to make sure that we aren't, aren't speaking in a way that excludes others, right? It's like, I grew up in this, and I think, like you said, the awareness and education around the words that we're using and how we're speaking to people. But I think, I think that's something that we can't always see mm-hmm. the way we speak and how that might be, or the way we share, the way we, we promote or the, whatever the discussions we have and how that might be actually excluding certain, do you have any, any words, insight or thoughts? Yeah. I think I kind of touched on this idea of, you know, if you are somebody who is like using one of these modalities, um, like in your business, you know, um, like being in right relationship really means, like I said, honoring those practices. So when you first get into any of these things, if you're finding it and you know, it is part of someone else's culture, I would really want to invite you to empower yourself by doing the research for yourself. And, you know, and I think also by, like I said, finding teachers who are from that culture really helps. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, but I couldn't find somebody. And this is, you know, but I think as long as you're trying, cause I don't ever want to be, you know, I don't want to shame anyone into like, but you didn't try hard enough. Cause I, I mean, I know that, you yeah. know, there isn't always going to be a teacher out there for everything, but I think a lot of times people do want to kind of take the easy way out and just say, okay, well, this person was offering a course that was like so easy, but you know, all those things. And yeah. I think if you're really going to try, I would say really try to find somebody of that culture that can teach you. Um, cause that goes a long way in helping you to also feel like you have done this in a way that feels good instead of like, you know, kind of, like I said, taking the easy way out. But I would also say something that else that was coming up when you were, when you asked the question was like, if you do have a business and you're getting to the point where you're like, you know, you're hiring people, you know, think Mm -hmm. about really like diversifying your team, because I think a lot of what we see in, in the spiritual entrepreneurship community is just people who like hire other white people and their team is just full of people that look like them. And then all their Mm -hmm. clients look like them. And, you know, and then in terms of like, as BIPOC people, it does make us feel like outsiders. Like if you're the Mm -hmm. only person of color in someone's container, like it, you stand out and you, you notice it, even if no one else notices it, you Mm -hmm. notice it. And so I think there's a lot of, um, you know, I, I, and I really do think that the coaching community, the business coaching community is going through a lot of changes at the moment. I think that there's a lot of things that people are looking at and, and things are shifting. And I think that is something that can go a long way is if you do hire someone of color for your team, not, not for the vanity, you know, not to just say like, oh, I have this person of color, but yeah, because you're really wanting someone who will call you out on that. Mm -hmm. Like if they see something that is like, well, you know, you shouldn't use these words or like, you know, this is wrong. It's like really taking that to heart and, and wanting to do better. Cause I think that is the only way that like, we will really change things in the coaching community. Cause right now, I mean, 
from what I've seen in the past like year, I'm like, it's like the wild west out here and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it really is the you wild know, yeah. west. Oh my God. Like so everyone's just doing their own thing. And they're like, at some point there has to be some like accountability and like, you know, I, I, I always think like, okay, at some point this is going to turn into something where others are going to look at you and really say, okay, that's how I want to run my business. Especially if you're somebody who's like, you know, a seven figure or what, you know, like all the things it's like, Mm -hmm. and you want to do it the right way, you know? And, and I think that again, because we've seen so much over like 2020 and all that stuff where people were like calling out all these businesses for not being diverse and all these things, you know, like huge corporations, it's like, well, you want the same thing for your small business, Mm -hmm. you know, cause you can't be calling out like the big guy when you're like down here, just kind of doing the same thing. It's like that, that doesn't work. Right. So I think, you know, kind of really thinking about all of these things when it comes to your business, cause like, if you're not thinking about those things, it's like people notice, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, people on the outside, like, especially, you know, BIPOC, it's like, we really notice when a company is not like doing any of these practices and is still trying to like make money off of all of, you know, not only our culture, but like off of the backs of, you know, BIPOC people, it's like, we notice all of these things. And I just don't know how long the business coaching industry and stuff can sustain itself, I guess, like if it, if it isn't like trying to change. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the evolution is, is required and it's not, yeah. It's, um, as you're saying that too, it's like, I think it's a natural thing that will happen. Like you will call in the, mm-hmm. you know, if you're hiring a team or whatever, it may be the clients, the, if you're, if you're being an in integrity with what you want to see the changes you want to see. Right. It's like, I think, I think the issue will come when, when it's, there is no awareness, but there's also no desire to change and there's no desire to do better. I think that's where the, I just always like love wins out every time. And when we're not in a loving energy and we're not in a place where we actually want to do the work, we want to change. We want to be better human beings. People feel that. Mm -hmm. I just always think like I've had narcissistic coaches before and I've shared that on the podcast. I'm like, I just don't think there's a sustainability there. Like you may do well for a while when Mm -hmm. you're self-focused and I teach this to my clients. So it was like, whenever we're only, only focus on self, it's not sustainable when it feels like shit, <laughs> right? But it, no matter what you're doing, if, if you're, if you're hurting others, if you're being harmful and you may not be conscious, mm-hmm. there's not a sustainability and a longevity there because it's, it's like you feel, at least as empaths and highly sensitive humans, you feel it, even if you're not conscious of it. Yeah. And then that's, and I think that that's a great point is that you will not sustain it. And I think that is why like the industry will change. And those people who like aren't in integrity, I think will fade out because again, like we talk a lot in human design about this, like new paradigm way of life that we're moving into all these things. But like we, as a collective have to also call out the people who aren't in integrity. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that will happen. I mean, we have a couple more years to go before the new paradigm, but you can kind of already see it. Like people are, like you said, like you, you know, you've called people out in the past, like, you know, and I've seen other people who've called out other coaches in the past. And it's like, and I think it's happening more and more where people who have gone through these experiences with these type of coaches are calling it out more Mm -hmm. and 
we're not just going to be handing our money over to just anybody anymore because it's like, nope. <laughs> yeah, like I think, oh, I think no. <laughs> yeah, I think that time of like, okay, 2020, where we were all sitting at home, like now it's really about like, if you're not in integrity, like you're not going to last. And I think that mm-hmm. is a great point is, you know, if you are already somebody who is conscious and you want to run your business and in, in the right way, like conversations like this are really important, even if it's just something you hear, you know, one time on a podcast, but it sticks with you. Yeah. That will go a long way because I think over time, that's when you'll start to see like, oh, okay, everyone else is changing around me and I'm stuck. And it's like, why am I stuck? And it's like, because you're not willing to change. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's literally like, if we think about personal growth mm-hmm. and the spiritual journey, that's like the foundation, right? right? And we understand it. And it's like these little areas where we start to feel uncomfortable because it's like when I, <laughs> the first time I dated a woman, I didn't even realize I had internalized homophobia. Mm. I didn't even realize. Right. And so it's right. like that, that's, it's, it's, it lives inside of us all. It's a collective energy. It's the collective unconscious. And if yeah. we're not looking at it because it's uncomfortable and it's stays there, it's just like sitting there and dragging us down and right. Not allowing us to feel the full expression. So yeah. Exactly. yeah. Oh, thank you so much for this conversation. I feel yeah. It's incredibly helpful for me and for everyone listening. Is there anything else on this topic? And then I want to learn a little bit more about you and like, you know, your magic um, that you feel called to speak on. Um, I think just being in right relationship with just your own business, I think is something that, you know, whether it's the modalities you use or even just kind of you know, the way you're running your business. I think because I I use things like human design and like you said, how helpful that is. Like, I, I feel like all of these things, like that's the beauty of being spiritual entrepreneurs, right. Is like, you get this like glimpse into yourself and you get to use Mm -hmm. things like human design and things like that. So I would say, I think something that's like really come up for me through this conversation is that, that empowerment piece whether it's empowering yourself to like learn more about yourself through something like human design or astrology, or even just empowering yourself to, you know, learn about like cultural practices and and where these modalities come from. I think that, you know, like I said, you can go into someone's DM and ask them for the information, but I really want to empower people to find it for themselves because it means so much more when it's coming, when you're like learning it and not just having Mm -hmm. someone tell you what, you know, they think is important or, you know, like that kind of thing. And I feel like, I think that is really what is going to change the industry going forward is people empowering themselves to be in right relationship with their own business, with their clients. Like, I think that will go a long way in even helping BIPOC people to feel safer in this space. Mm-hmm. Cause I do think right now there, there is a feeling of, of how a lot of us feel unsafe in this space. Yeah. And so we tend to kind of And I think it happens anywhere, you know, where I think we then go off and try to like find our own communities and make our own spaces because we don't feel safe in white spaces. And, and I think that is something that a lot of white people maybe don't realize. I just like, I'm full body chills as you're saying that and like tears in my eyes, because it's like that safety is something that I think I, I, it's just so important for some, like, 
and we've all been there. We've all been in a friend group where we felt left out or like been bullied or I was bullied as a kid. So anytime anyone feels left out or like an outsider, it, it like, it just hits me at my core. And to think that with us not doing the work and showing up to do the work that people don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a responsibility. And I just, I think it's, this is a really, it's a call for me to do better. It's a call for the listeners to do better. And um, yeah, it's just your whole heart feels, feels that, that safety. I, I, I don't know why that word just feels so important. Yeah. I don't know why, like even just saying it, I was like, oh, this is what, like, this is, this is it. Was, yeah. Like that's the, the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. And I think no matter who you are, you understand that feeling of not feeling safe somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just, it allows us to see the humanness of this whole experience and this whole unraveling and what's happening and understanding and mm-hmm. getting to the core of that what another person is feeling. Yeah. That was powerful. That was really powerful. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm just, yeah. Yeah. This, this is like a very activating conversation for me. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit about where we can find you, what you have going on, what you're hoping to do and how we can support you in what you're doing in your business and your work right now. Yeah. So I am on Instagram at, uh, flow and Shakti. So that is the name of my business is flow and Shakti. So go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, we're going to also take or link these in the show notes so that you don't have to like, yeah, go searching. <laughs> or, yeah. I have a website as well. The same flow and Shakti. So, um, so that is where you can find me online. And then I have a podcast called the divine rebel podcast mm-hmm. where, I talk about all of these topics and I have a, um, an interview series that I do monthly where I interview BIPOC women, um, who are spiritual entrepreneurs. And so, um, that has been very healing for me and very powerful. I've had some amazing conversations, um, with BIPOC women. And so, um, right now I said, like, I'm kind of going through a transition in my business right now where I'm figuring out like, um, I just want to say, I literally just had this conversation with another, uh, she's like a coach and a healer. I interviewed for her podcast yesterday. And she's like, everyone is going through this. Like, I don't, there's this like collective energy of like, there's something coming, but I'm not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm just, I'm laughing because I was like, I just had this conversation yeah. yesterday and I was telling her, I was like, I don't know what's coming next, but there's something changing. So yeah, sorry so to interrupt. I feel like I November like, is hopefully going to give us all some clarity, but yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of moving towards speaking more on like just spirituality. And, um, I kind of have like a movement called the pra- like practical spirituality about kind mm-hmm. of returning to basics. I'm a lot about like returning to basics and kind of just allowing people to be authentic in who they are and not mm-hmm. have all the trappings of like what the online space tells you, you need. And all of this, yeah. that is like my, uh, that's my jam, so. <laughs> I think that's so powerful because there's so many rabbit holes. This is what I found when I was first on the, in the spiritual, it's like almost so many rabbit holes that like are loops. Like you can't get out of them in the spiritual community. They're almost like these, like, I just think of it as like these, like almost like little traps of, I have to do these things or I have to like have this, or I have to do these healings every week in order to be higher consciousness. And there's right. all these little like sinkholes. 
Yes. I love it. It's like, just literally, if you're feeling confused or lost, come back to the basics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm all about dropping the shoulds. Mm. Like that's always my thing is like drop the shoulds. So like anytime I'm saying like, I should do this or, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in business, I feel like, you know, anytime you're like, I should make a million like reels and do, and if that doesn't feel in alignment, then it's like just drop the should. So that's, yeah, a huge part of, um, I think where I see my business going is really just helping women to like, just come back to themselves because, Mm. you know, we all have the answers within. And I think that, you know, the online space will tell you that you need all the coaches and all the, you know, mentors. But honestly, I do feel like we all have everything we need within us. And and I think it's just about rediscovering that. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's where I kind of see my work going in the future. Oh, well, you just have such a beautiful energy and I, I could just hang out with you all day. I'm like, I just like your energy. You have this like grounded, what's your sign in, um, in astrology? Yeah. I'm actually, yeah, it's really funny. I'm actually a Libra sun and a Aries moon, Sag rising. So I have a lot of fire and yeah. Interesting. But you have this like groundedness about you that maybe it's like a a comfortability or something. You just have this like warmth and Mm -hmm. this like. And maybe that's the Libra. I love myself a good Libra. They're like, yeah. just. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people tell me they're like, you're very grounded for like, you know, all that fire. All and I'm that. like, I know it's, it comes out in other ways, but yeah, I am. Yep. <laughs> I think that's why, like, I find it hard to operate in like the online space sometimes. Cause I am very like grounded in who I am. And like, I think mm. for me, like self-awareness is everything. And so <laughs> I find it hard to like, listen to other people's <laughs> advice and stuff. Yeah, totally. Well, that's powerful. I think once you've gotten to that place, it's like, you're not searching outside of yourself anymore. Mm. So yeah. Any last words of wisdom before we hop off today? Oh, let's see. Um, I think I just, yeah, I think I said it. It's, it's all about the answers within. So anytime Mm -hmm. you're, you're searching, just, I say, just let everything go. I say, shut out the outside noise and just come back to yourself. Cause you will always find the answer within. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. Thank well, you thank so you again. Me. Oh, thank you for being here. This was such a pleasure. I'm sure you will be back on the podcast at some point in time to have more conversations. I loved your energy. I loved having you here. And um, for those of you who are looking for a little bit more, I will mm-hmm. link everything in the show notes so that you have access to that. And um, maybe even a few resources that I enjoy on this topic. Yeah, perfect. Thank you.